Hey there, heroes of the internet, Nathan here. I've got some bonus audio here for you. This was the Henshin 101 panel that I gave at JFAX in Grand Rapids, Michigan. JFAX stands for Japanese Animation Film and Art Expo. I took this as an opportunity, since most of the people there were anime fans, to give them an opportunity to get a crash course in some tokusatsu, in this case, specifically Henshin Heroes, which is why I'm sharing it here. So for most of you, this is going to be a lot of review, but hopefully you'll get to learn something as well. If you would like to see the video version of this with all of the visuals and my PowerPoint and my ugly mug and all that fun stuff, go check out the link to Kaiju Ramen Media's YouTube page where you can see that. Just check the show notes for it. In the meantime, enjoy yourselves. Standing by. Complete. All right, now we are officially live, even though I've been recording the audio here for a hot second. <laughs> but hello, JFAX. <laughs> It's a, a pleasure to see those of you taking a break from the anime stuff to come here to learn about Henshin Heroes. So, you know, this is Tokusatsu. It's the, the live-action counterpart, I guess you could say, to anime in a lot of ways. I don't understand why there isn't more crossover between the Tokusatsu and anime fandoms. They operate on a lot of the same sensibilities and tropes and everything. They're very similar, but they seem to hate each other, which is... Sad, especially when you're me and you like both. By the way, speaking of me, I'm Nathan Marchand, the host of such podcasts as Henshin Men and The Power Trip. Those are the two that are most relevant to this presentation. I'm also an, the editor and staff writer for Kaiju Rama Magazine, which I'm representing with my shirt today. Uh, those are just some of the things that I do. I'll tell you a little bit more about the rest of them later and i'll be in the vendor hall with my friend eric anderson we're stuffed off in the corner we're there representing his organization nerd chapel so if you want to come check out the books that i've written fiction and nonfiction alike come over there give us a chat you can learn more about all the stuff that i do so we're but i should say we're here to talk about like i said henshin heroes now, I'm going to make a little bit of a distinction. I was telling these two here that there's another term, a, a broader term for Japanese superheroes that I'll get into here in a little bit. But yeah, we, we were playing a who's who a little bit with everybody in this picture. But can you name everyone here? Who did you say it was earlier? Um, wow, you're an overachiever. I think you got them all. I'm a little, I'm a little uncertain about the robot. I do think that it's Denji Man, but yeah, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not as familiar with the Super Sentai's that haven't been released over here yet, but I, you got all the rest of them correct. So, like I said, someone's either a big nerd or an overachiever, and I respect you for both. Anyway, so we're going to start off with some definitions, because like I said, there is a 
there are two terms that get floated around about uh, describing Japanese superheroes. So you have the henshin hero, and I have pictures for each one of these. So best definition I found in my research was a variation or subtrope of the superhero in which superpower characters only have their special powers some of the time. A henshin hero has distinct normal empowered forms and needs to actively switch between the two. In essence, the character's powers are all turned off while they are in their secret identity. That is mostly true. There have been some henshin heroes that toy with giving them quote-unquote civilian powers, but for the most part, they have to activate those. And does it, can anyone tell me the who's the, the picture I have here for it to illustrate this? That is Beautiful Joe, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about Beautiful Joe later. But then, I don't know if anyone has heard this term, but the Kyodai hero. Has anyone heard the term Kyodai hero? It doesn't get floated around as much. Okay, so that is a subgenre in tokusatsu that involves Japanese superheroes or robots, either with the ability to grow to immense heights or fight against giant monsters or who are originally giant as part of their lives. Now, not all Kyodai heroes are henshin heroes, and vice versa, just so you know. And please tell me people know who I have illustrating Kyodai. He's one of the, my favorite examples of the Kyodai hero. He's not a henshin hero. That is Jet Jaguar. I have a weird appreciation for this goofy, smiley robot. <laughs> cool. Jet Jaguar from Godzilla vs. Megalon originally... And he was—he just came back, actually, in Godzilla Singular Point. And I'm surprised it took him as long as he did to bring him back. Like I said, I have a weird appreciation for this goofy robot. He's clearly trying to tap into the popularity of Ultraman. Because some people think he is Ultraman. I've seen some people get him confused for that. But like I said, he is technically not a henshin hero. He does not change forms. The closest he comes to is he does grow gigantic... Because he's powered by plot convenience. <laughs> it's the best fuel source ever. It just lets you do whatever the frick you want. <laughs> uh, so, what are the tropes, then, of henshin heroes? Because we're going to be focusing primarily on henshin heroes today, not Kyodai heroes. So, the tropes that I uh, identified with this is obviously, the most obvious one is transformation. They have to go from their base human form or just a base form, to the spandex. It's not spandex! Sorry, that's a running go joke on the power trip. If you've seen Power Rangers RPM, you understand. <laughs> this man gets me. You're my favorite. Anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, transformation. So, you a lot of times you have a transformation command. The most What's the most famous example of a transformation command that you can think of? Henshin, yeah, from Common Rider. Which, by the way, for those who don't know, Henshin means transformation or metamorphosis, transform metamorphosis. So, you know, so, so a lot of times it is a command, or if you're a Power Rangers fan, yeah, there you go. Although Power Rangers would have a bunch of different ones, it's Morphin Time is the most popular, most well-known. Yeah, what was it? Eh, Mystic Force is okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Better than Mystic Force. 
<laughs> At least they say it with gusto. I mean, I'm just saying. Anyway, by the way, can you tell I'm a teacher? Yeah, you know, it's just so I and I like interacting. I will take questions at the end, but I do like interacting with people. So don't feel like you have to sit there and just listen to me lecture because there's a strong chance I might bore you, even though I don't think I'm that boring. But anyway, so transformation command and then a transformation device. Now, uh, so if you're common, right, that's why I have a couple of illustrations here. Well, this man is demonstrating it for us right now because he's got a common writer belt. That goes all the way back to 1971. Yeah, got all the way back to 1971 there with Takeshi Hongo. And if you're Ultraman, it's usually a handheld transformation device. And that's why I, I have Shin Hayata here from the original Ultraman. That is the Beta Capsule. So it, a lot of times they're kind of nondescript, the Ultraman transformations, or they look really elaborate because toys! Anyway... <laughs> So, the, and the reason why you have the trademark, uh, you see it here as well, the trademark Ultraman Rise is because it started back in 1966 where you would hold up the beta capsule to transform. And then when you see Ultraman doing the rise, it's supposed to be he's growing. So he has the fist where he was holding the beta capsule. And that's been a Ultraman tradition ever since. There's been some slight variations on, but it's basically the same, same thing with Kamen Rider. With, you know, the doing the either a pose, saying henshin. I think they always say henshin. They don't. They never drop that. But they also, like I said, they always do a pose, and it's the power up. Uh, the transformation device is almost always a belt. So, but and again, there's been some slight variations on that. Yeah. Well, and what's funny, I don't know how many of you knew this, but. When the if you watch the the earliest episodes of the original Common Rider, he didn't pose or say henshin. Uh, he was very dependent on the wind. Like he would have to ride the motorcycle, and the, the belt had a little turbine in it, and it would catch the wind from when he was riding the motorcycle, and then that would let him transform. It was later because the original actor Fujioka he got hurt because he actually would wear the costume and do the fight scenes which is why Toei and most of these Japanese studios stopped letting them you know the face actors actually wear the costumes because they didn't want them to get hurt so he had to leave to go recover and then they had to bring in the second writer Hayato well the problem with Hayato with the actor for Hayato was he didn't have a motorcycle license and they needed to get back into making the episodes quickly so they came up with the command and pose idea to just because they needed something. So they did it out of necessity, and now it's and then it's ever since then it's been a common writer tradition. Well, that also inspired like having multiple writers and things like it, that. That one accident led to a lot of things. It's it's crazy how good a lemonade they made out of that lemon. So then you also have a transformation sequence, and some are more elaborate than others. Ultraman generally is fairly quick. Common Rider a lot of times gets a little more elaborate. If you're Power Rangers, you take four freaking ever. Super Sentai is the same way too. Super Sentai is probably the most no uh, the most notorious for its ridiculous overlong transformation sequences to the point where we all start joking about how the monster, why don't the monsters just interrupt that and just kill them? <laughs> you know, either that, I'm just picturing it's like, you done? 
You done? Are you finished? Oh, you're still posing? Okay. I said, oh, now you're done. <laughs> Again, watch RPM. They utilize, they, they point that out and use it. <laughs> they acknowledge it. And then one of the rangers is like, I can use this. And then he morphs with a bunch of bad guys behind him and takes him out with the explosion. <laughs> I love RPM. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then another tradition that was much more of a 90s thing, near as I can tell. Well, a late 80s probably, because Kamen Rider Black RX started getting into it, from what I can tell. I haven't seen all of it yet, but looks like I think that's what it is. But certainly by the 90s, it was the thing, which was power-ups. You know, so just because you morph once doesn't mean, oh, you can't just morph again and get a, something even better. Look at it, you battleizer mode. That was an American invention, though. <laughs> Most of those aren't in the in Super Sentai. But then Super Sentai came up with its own power-up modes because toys! Anyway. <laughs> and then, as we talked about before, the hero only has powers when transformed most of the time. Like I said, like Power Rangers Dino Thunder gave them civilian powers. So sometimes they toy with it. Depending on which Ultraman show you watch, it seems like the human counterpart has varying levels of at least like superhuman durability and other powers or, you know more at least more so than a normal human and then you all they typically fight monsters both large and small if it's ultraman you fight full-fledged kaiju if you're common rider you fight kaijin you know the smaller monsters if you're super sentai you get all the things <laughs> they'll start as a kaijin and become a kaiju Through various means. Yeah. And then another thing that's very common with them is finishing moves. Hence why I have... Rider kick. Rider kick. And if you're Ultraman, it's the specium beam, which is either done by with a... Either as a cross or as an L. L pose for dominance. But I'm tish. Yeah, yeah, take the L. Yeah. There's so many good jokes there. But it's funny. I didn't mention this during my Ultraman presentation yesterday. It's one of the things I wish I hadn't forgotten. But the cross pose for the Specium Beam came about in the original Ultraman because the creator of Ultraman, Eiji Tsuburaya, is a rare Japanese Catholic. And so it's, it's a cross. So he is... If you want to look at it, it's almost like he's he's using his arms to make a crucifix to expel the monster. You can look at it that way. And there's there uh, although the funny thing is I've only ever seen one Ultraman show where when he does the specimen beam like this, it actually comes off of both arms, so it look so it's actually the beam is actually shaped like a cross, and it was in an American-made Ultraman show, which is just funny. It's like normally it's just one beam from the hand. The top hand right there. It's crazy. It's crazy. And uh, we've already talked about a little bit. A lot of posing. A lot of posing because these are based on... You know, a lot of times these are definitely inspired by comic books. And in comic books, they have to make sure you get really dynamic posing in it. Also, a lot of times it came from the fact that the actors in the suits, since you couldn't see their faces, they couldn't emote. So they had to use their bodies to emote. That's and then it, I think it just became a bit of a tradition. That's yeah, Super Sentai does this all the freaking time, like all the crazy. They're always moving and gesturing and posing and everything, because that was the only way those actors could emote. 
you have to do very exaggerated ge uh, gestures. Okay, so now I'm going to do a little bit of a brief history on this. And it, this is actually older than a lot of people realize. A lot older. So the first one that I could find doing my research. Now, there were comic books where there were, quote, unquote, superheroes that existed before this. The first, quote, unquote, first superhero in Japan is a character named Golden Bat. So I think, when did that was, I think those manga, that manga might have been published, I want to say the 40s or the early 50s. I should have looked that up. But he wasn't a henshin hero or a Kyodai hero. He was just, he was more of a traditional superhero. But the first one that I could find in terms of what's appearing on screen was a character named Supergiant who was in a film serial. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Back uh, during our grandparents' time, they would do what were called film serials. So it was basically like TV before TV. So like Flash Gordon is an example of this. One example. Or like they had like the perils of Pauline and things like that. So basically what it was was that you would get a mini movie. So it's like an episode of TV that would be maybe 15, 20 minutes long. They would play it before a main feature. And then it would end on a cliffhanger and you had to come back to the theater the next week to see the next part. And these would often go on for a really long time. They'd be like 10 parts long. A lot of early DC superheroes and Marvel superheroes actually had film serials. There's a, there's a couple of them um, for Batman. There's one for Superman. There, uh, some Marvel heroes had some back in the 40s when that was popular. So from 57 to 59, Supergiant, which is the guy in the black and white picture here, that he had a film serial. So he was the first on screen, like on the movie screen, Japanese superhero. It was produced by Shin Toho, a studio that no longer exists. Not to be confused with the studio that made Godzilla films. The first one I could find that was on TV, which is the picture under him, under Supergiant, is Moonlight Mask. 1958, first TV superhero, and maybe... The first tension hero, it's a little dubious. Basically, you would see the secret identity in one scene. He would disappear, and then suddenly Moonlight Mask was there. And apparently, I haven't seen this show, but apparently the whole premise is that is this mystery as to, oh, who is actually Moonlight Mask? Is it this guy who keeps disappearing at the right times or something like that? So, eh. Calling him a henshin hero is a little bit dubious. However, he rode a motorcycle. So he's definitely a forerunner to common Rider. For sure. And, uh, which makes sense because it was produced by Toei, who also made Common Rider. And everything else. <laughs> because Toei does everything. Like, all of your favorite animes, Toei made them. They are swimming in money just because of Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z at this point. <laughs> All right. What? Probably, so they're swimming in money from that too. But, And then another major one, early one, is Ultraman. I did a presentation yesterday on Ultraman. It's been recorded, so you should be able to... We had some technical difficulties as YouTube hated me for showing a trailer for the new Ultraman show. So you'll see, you'll be able to see most of it. I did record it for 
the you know, for my podcast. And basically, to put it succinctly, Ultraman is the Superman of Japan cre created by Eiji Tsuburaya, who was a special effects director, worked at Toho, did a lot of special effects work for Godzilla films in the 50s and 60s. The man is a huge deal. To accomplish what he did in Japan and America, you would have had to have created Superman and King Kong. Yeah. But then we get to the 70s and we have the Henshin boom. This is when Henshin heroes were everywhere. Everywhere. Especially on TV. And that was largely because, not Ultraman, it was because of Kamen Rider. Kamen Rider changed everything. Everything. And if you're familiar with Saban's Masked Rider, I'm sorry. <laughs> Common Rider, for those who don't know, is the source material for Masked Rider, Saban's Masked Rider, because common means mask or masked. So it's just the translation of it. So, like, if you watch Sailor Moon in Japanese, it's Tuxedo Common, not Tuxedo Mask. So, for those who don't know, Comet Rider is a motorcycle-riding, grasshopper-themed superhero. And I like to call him Toei's favorite son. Because they will shell out Super Sentai like crazy, but you have you got to earn Kamen Rider. They are very protective of Kamen Rider. And he was created by Sh uh, Shotaro Shinomori, who was a manga artist, and created a whole slew of things that are in anime and tokusatsu. He, uh, from the anime side of things, he's the creator of Cyborg 009. Yeah. And Devil... No, not no, Devilman is going a guy. Excuse me. Mazinger Z. Yeah. Uh, his name is all over the place. He's kind of... I, uh, no, he's not the Stan Lee of Japan. I would say he's more like the Jack Kirby of Japan. No, J Jack Kirby. Tezuka. You know, Osama Tezuka, I would say, is the Stan Lee of Japan, but that man is the father of manga, which makes him basically the father of anime. <laughs> it's the guy who made Astro Boy. But. So, you know, it's a big deal. You're going to see Shotaro Shinomura's name pop up a few more times in this presentation because he created a lot of these characters. And then another major one from the early 70s in here was Kakaida. That's the guy to the right there of Kamen Rider. He's a superhero android fighting an evil secret society. Sounds familiar. Shinomori loved certain tropes quite a bit. Yeah, because it was also created by Shinomori. There were two of those series. There's also been a couple of movies, although one of the movies, which is called Hakaider, is based off of one of the villains from the show, who got, and he got reimagined as an anti-hero. And I think, I think that movie's fantastic, personally, but... Yeah, so there's two of them. He, uh, Kakaida was really, really, really popular in Hawaii. It's crazy popular in Hawaii. Not so much in, United, in the continental United States, but crazy popular in Hawaii. And then you also had Mirror Man from the early 70s. That's a Subaraya show. Mirror Man, that's who he was next to Kakaida there. Mirror Man is very similar to Ultraman. When the show started, it wasn't as much like Ultraman halfway through because they were worried about ratings. They made it more like Ultraman, which disappointed me a little bit. And he's 
He's from a mirror dimension. That's why he's mirror man. He could actually travel through anything reflective because it's like a portal network, basically. So he can just jump through it to all these different places. It's one of his crazy powers. And then obviously I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Super Sentai, which actually started in 1975. And what you have there at the bottom, that is the Go Rangers. They are the first Super Sentai team. They've never been in Power Rangers. The because the first Power Rangers season that oh, excuse me, the first Super Sentai season that got made in the Power Rangers was now oh, their name is Zhu Ranger, yeah. Caffeine hasn't kicked in yet. Sorry. It's Zhu Ranger. I was trying to come up with the full title, but you know, but I'm like, no, I just need the last part. Zhu Ranger, which was from 1992. So that was well into it. Well into it. But the thing about Super about the Go Rangers anyway, and just the whole Super Sentai franchise, is that it took them a couple of seasons before they were true henshin heroes. Because the Go Rangers, the manga for the Go Ranger is out. You can go, you can walk into a bookstore and read it now. It's about 400 pages, but it's the whole thing. The, they wear power suits. So they actually have to put the suits on. They didn't get a transformation device and actually transform until a couple, until a couple seasons in. I can't, what is it? I can't remember. It was like, it was the third one. I can't remember what the name of the third. What, I think it was Battle, yeah, it might have been Battle Fever J. Yeah, I think it was Battle Fever J where they could they actually had transformation devices. Yeah. Also created by Shotaro Shinomori. Again, you're going to see his name a lot. <laughs> and there's been a Super Sentai season almost every year since 1975. I think it only took one year off, which blows my mind because all of these other big franchises took long hiatuses at some point in their history. But not Super Sentai. Not sure Toei appreciates Super Sentai as much as their other stuff. They just shell it, shell it out like it's product. And obviously, it's the source material for Power Rangers. And then there were a bunch of other ones, though, some of which you can find legally in the United States, some of which you can't, but you had characters like Inazu Man, Spectre Man. I have a friend who loves Spectre Man. And Iron King... Iron King is the guy in the corner there. That one is interesting because in that show, it's the sidekick, technically, who becomes the henshin hero. And he keeps it secret from the main character, who's a cowboy with a whip. He's a secret agent. He's a Japanese secret agent cowboy. It's a wild show. Not nearly as polished as, say, like Ultraman, but it's a wild show. It's only 26 episodes, too, so you can breeze through it pretty quick. And then you have what I like to call the Dark Age in, uh, in Henshin Heroes from about 1981 to 1995. And two things contributed to that. One, the popularity of anime. Just people were much preferring anime over tokusatsu at this point. Just make of that what you will. <laughs> I love both, but I'm a little upset. <laughs> I'm a little upset. There was also an oil crisis in 1981, which drained a lot of money out of, well, everything, especially film studios. So they were scaling back pretty hard. A lot of popular franchises in both movies and television were on hiatus at some point. If they didn't go, go into hiatus in the 70s, they definitely did by the 80s. 
And that's why Common Rider at this point was on hiatus. Ultraman was on hiatus. They both went on hiatus around the same time, 1981. Super Sentai kept going, which is a little astonishing. But at the same time, Toei started another Henshin Hero franchise at this point. Metal Heroes. Which, yeah, several of them became VR Troopers. But that started in 1982 with Space Sheriff Gaffin, which has been released on Blu-ray by Discotech. So I highly recommend it. That that and Just Beyond, which is, sta- which is on a standard edition Blu-ray, so you can watch all 50 episodes on one disc. So if you want to be crazy, you can actually hit play all and let the whole thing go. <laughs> That's like 40-some episodes, so have fun with that. So... Like I said, again, make of that what you will. Sentai kept going, and they did start one new franchise, although it didn't it didn't get quite as big as the other ones because that Metal Heroes basically stopped by about the late 90s. They've occasionally made some periodic appearances since then, but they basically were done with that by the end of the 90s. And that's why, like, all of these pictures are just from this period. Obviously, Power Rangers started in 1993, so that was that was a big boost for sure. But then you get to the Heisei era, and I talked about this before. The when you hear people talk about Showa Heisei Reiwa, it's the Japanese calendar system which they base on the reigns of the emperor. So in the Roman calendar, we would say, "Oh, that was 1989," but in the Japanese calendar, that would be Heisei One because that's when that was the first year of Emperor Heisei. So that started in 1989, but I would, but the actual Heisei period for a lot of tokusatsu would be, I would say, 95 to 2019. And the big thing that happened at that point was you had Ultraman Tiga show up in 1996, which was a huge grand return for Ultraman. And the big return for Kamen Rider was Kuga in 2000. Before that, you did have Kamen Rider Black and Black RX in the late 80s, which was very popular, but then there was another big economic downturn in the early 90s that killed that momentum. So other than a few movies, Kamen Rider went away for 10 years. Do you have something? Yeah, there was a couple. It was J, Zio, and Shin Kamen Rider Prologue. Not Shin Kamen Rider... Shit, Common Rider prologue. They had to tweak the title to avoid confusion. Yeah. So you and so for Rider, they divide that this portion up into this time frame into two eras, which is Heisei, which I think is about 2000 to 2009, and Neo Heisei, which is 2009 to 2019. And then after 2019, it's Reiwa. So we're currently in the Reiwa era. And if you're Ultraman, you had it was it's technically wrong. I. I I thought it was 95 because I thought Common because I thought Tiga came out in 95 was 96. So it should be 96 to 2013 and then 2013 the president's been called New Generation Heroes. Weird to think that that's 10 years old now. It's crazy. But there's a lot of examples I have in there. I have Space Sheriff Gavin and Tiga, the original Power Rangers, Common Rider Black, that's Shinkenger, which became Power Rangers Samurai, Ultraman Zero, which is right next to Kamen Rider Zero One. I did not do that on purpose. I swear I didn't do that on purpose. It just happened. Ultraman Z, and I have Kamen Rider W or Double, 
whichever pronunciation you prefer. So we've hinted at it already. There's there are four, near as I can tell, four major franchises in Henshin Heroes. You have Ultraman, which is about beings of light, usually aliens, who bond with a human or take human form and transform into a monster fighting giant, and they are usually helped by a human anti-monster team. Again, I did a pre whole presentation on that yesterday. Common Rider or Mass Rider, usually, it's usually they're goofy about it now. It's usually a motorcycle riding cyborg created by an evil secret society who then turns on that secret society. You see that a lot. I think Common Rider started to get away from that a little bit, but now they barely have Common Riders actually ride motorcycles because of new motorcycle laws in Japan. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I'm like, really, guys? So, yeah, you like the common but not the writer anymore? Thank you, Japan. This is why we can't have nice things. Anyway. <laughs> and then, obviously, Super Sentai and Power Rangers, a team of colorful uh, heroes fighting outrageous monsters with equal outrageous weapons and giant robots. <laughs> And then metal heroes. So these are space, military, or police-based heroes who are either androids, cyborgs, or humans in power armor. So it's relatively broad, but you know, there's still certain things. That's why they're metal heroes. Because you know they look like they're covered in metal. Oh, it didn't carry. Okay. Here's the thing. Henshin heroes are not limited to Tokusatsu. There are anime Henshin heroes. Can you name any? Sailor Moon is the most obvious one. <laughs> that Sailor Moon is made by Toei. It is just all-girl Super Sentai. That's all it is. Yes. Yes, I still need to see that one. That's actually a basically a big parody of both Rider and Sentai. Yeah. Although Car Ranger was a parody itself. That's kind of nutty. Any others? There's another one that's really big right now. Didn't see that one, actually. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, I, nobody, does nobody watch Pretty Cure? I know that's a big one. So yeah, yeah, I was hoping I was trying to I tried to make a slide where this would be blank and that because I can't make them fly onto the screen on StreamYard. But yeah, Sailor Moon, like I said, it's all it is all it's all girls Super Sunday, and there is a live action version. Toei made a live action Sailor Moon in the early two thousands. I've seen clips of it. It should have stayed anime because they tried replicating everything perfectly. It's weird. It is weird seeing those costumes in live action because they look like glorified cosplayers. <laughs> they really do. It's just they they look like they really do look like glorified cosplayers. Although I give them credit, one thing that's kind of interesting because you can get away with this in anime, but it's harder to get away with it in live action. The funny thing is, the girls have normal like black or brown hair because most Japanese. Basically, all Japanese people are are have dark hair like that. But when they transform, then they get their hair change color too. So I guess it's like Dragon Ball. You know, their hair turns blonde and they get more powerful. <laughs> 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 
Ronan Warriors? Samurai. Oh, yeah. Samurai Troopers. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, if anyone here is a pretty cure is another one. That's another. That's a ma magical girl. Anime is basically just they're henshin heroes. It's just all girl henshin heroes. So pretty cure, pretty cure is, an, uh, is an example of that. I had to put this on here for my friend Bex, who runs a podcast called Redeemed Otaku. It's one of her favorite. She loves Sailor Moon. That's one of her things. But one of her other favorite magical girl animes is called Princess Tutu, which is basically fairy tale and ballet themed, but it's only one character. And she doesn't defeat her enemies with violence. She defeats her enemies with dance and psychology. It's funny. She basically just dances with them and does a therapy session, and then that's how she wins. Yeah. Yeah. Cutie Honey is actually considered... Gona Guy. Cutie Honey is basically considered to be the first magical girl, but Cutie Honey came about in the 70s during the Henshin boom. It's just very fan servicey. Unless it's the 2004 movie from Hideaki Anno, which is actually tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Devilman, but... And then, obviously, Saint Seiya. I know Saint Seiya is a big deal for all people. Or Knights of the Zodiac is what another name it goes under. But here's one. Does anybody remember the Giver? Not the same. <laughs> it was an anime, and there were a pair of live-action movies made in the United States. That's Those are the two pictures I have. There was also a manga. It's, uh, I think it's like the full title is like Bio Booster Armor... Giver or something like that. It's about a young guy who finds a piece of alien tech that bonds with him and turns him into this armor-clad superhero, but it's very unpleasant. The transformation sequence is not, like I said, it's not pleasant. <laughs> it's usually really painful. And it's, for what I can tell, I've only seen the movies. I've seen a little bit of the anime. There's two animes. Well, Two series and an OVA. I watched a clip from the OVA and I'm like, how did you, what? Because let's just say there's a girl, Giver, and things happen when she transforms. You thought Cutie Honey was a little much. Anyway, moving on. So those, like I said, those are some, some examples. By the way, the, I can't remember the actor's name, but that picture I have there is from Giver 2 Dark Hero. So they recast the main character in that. And I can't remember his name, but that's the guy who voices Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, David Hayter. That's who it is. I can't remember the name of the guy who was in the first one. The first American Giver movie is noteworthy because Mark Hamill is in it. Not as the main character, though. He's a secret agent trying to figure out what's going on with all the weird stuff. And spoiler warning, he turns into a giant cockroach at the end. Anyway, I'll see. That's why I because I had the slides reversed. So anyway, so Henshin Heroes are also in video games. We got a few examples here. Beautiful Joe. We saw Beautiful Joe earlier. I love Beautiful Joe. I adore those games. And actually, it was Beautiful Joe where I first heard the word Henshin because he does the same thing. Because Beautiful Joe is inspired by Common Rider. He looks like a Power Ranger, but he's actually inspired more by Common Rider. So, Beautiful the uh, beautiful Joe, there's several games in that series, but they were made by Clover Studio and Capcom. And then, does anyone here play Dawn of the Monsters? If you haven't, you should. It is a love letter to everything that JFAX stands for. 
got kaiju. It's got henshin heroes. It's very anime inspired as well. But one of the playable characters in that they, they just announced DLC, so we got another one coming out. But the all of them are very archetypal characters you would see in Tokusatsu. There's a couple of there's you know a Godzilla looking kaiju. There's one that's a crab that reminds me a lot of Gamera. They have a Pacific Rim style mech in it, and one of the other characters that we're bringing up here is Aegis Prime, who is basically Ultraman with a little bit of common writer thrown in for good measure. And he's one of my favorite characters. This he's a combo feed. You can just you can combo for days with <laughs> with Aegis Prime. You just keep going, 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 going. He's nuts. So Dawn of the Monsters, 13 a.m. games. I'm, uh, I actually know the guy who runs 13 a.m. He's a really cool fella. Anyway, that's a talk for another day. The Wonderful 101, which is the top right corner, which is, I haven't played this one yet. You can get it. It just, they just remastered it, and it's on, I think, all the major platforms. I know it's on PS4 and Switch. I don't think it's on Xbox One, but it's on PS4 and Switch. I'm going to download it at some point. But it's from Platinum Games, which used to be Clover. So it's part of what they're calling their superhero trilogy, and it's very Super Sentai-influenced, as you can tell. And then the one I have at the bottom right corner got announced a few years ago, but it's very mysterious. As far as we know, Platinum hasn't canceled the game, but we haven't seen anything about it since this teaser trailer which you can go on YouTube and find. I would show it to you, but YouTube yelled at me yesterday, so I'm not going to. Maybe after the panel, I'll show it to you. But it's all we know, it's, it's called Project GG, and it looks like, it's also from Platinum. It's supposed to be the last of their superhero trilogy, and it looks like it's Ultraman-inspired. It looks like it. We don't know. But the, here's the thing. Henshin heroes are not just a Japanese thing. These are a handful of American examples that I just I thought up thought of while I was putting this together. The um, probably the most recent one that people might be familiar with because he's been appearing in movies now would be Shazam or Captain Marvel. He used to be called Captain Marvel, which is weird because we had dueling Captain Marvels because there was Captain Marvel and Marvel, who's not what's her name Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers inherited the mantle but that's a discussion for another day yeah. uh, from dc comics although originally it was a different company that dc bought in the 70s hmm? no it was um i can't remember the name of it now i'd have to look it up all um, my comic book friends are yelling at me right now because i can't remember off the top of my head caffeine hasn't kicked in yet and then i would make the argument i would seriously make the argument that the Incredible Hulk is technically a henshin hero. Now, his transformation is biological, but there are Japanese ones where the transformation is biological as well. Because two very distinct personas, and he has to transform in order to become the hero. So I would say the, the Hulk counts. And then I would include Wonder Woman, but specifically the Linda Carter version from the... 70s television show because she actually would transform they've toyed around with it in the comic books a little bit and in some some other Ultraman media but primarily I would say the Linda Carter version because you would see her as a civilian and then she would just spin <laughs> and then spin and then through the magic of 70s special effects 
She would be <laughs> Wonder Woman. So she's a magical girl and a henchin hero. <laughs> At least Linda Carter is. What? But that actually made sense. Don't get me started. Anyway. <laughs> and then, especially if you grew up in the 80s, I have the power. So He-Man, he's a headshot hero. She would, she is too. She transforms, <laughs> holds up the sword, and she goes from the princess and gets a new costume and powers, and it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. they're henshin heroes. But if you're younger, Ben Ten, Ben Ten's a henshin hero. In fact, the gimmick, I haven't seen Ben 10, but for what I understand, the gimmick with Ben 10 is that he he's called Ben 10 because he has 10 different modes he can go into. Well, yeah, now now the name is silly, but... <laughs> yeah, it's it gets a little bit goofy. He's a little OP, but yeah. And then I, I don't have him on here, but believe it or not, at one point, Thor... I would say was a henshin hero that was yeah <laughs> but it would have been uh, certainly in the 60s because they haven't always done it so back in the 60s for a little while in the 2000s because he had a human secret identity the they used the name excuse me they used the name in oh let me try to get back there they used the name. I don't remember what it was. I used to remember the name. They used it in the first Thor movie from Marvel. But yeah, was, he was a doctor. So that was the brilliant part of it. Donald Blake. That's right. Donald Blake. It was Donald Blake. But what happened was that uh, because of his arrogance, Odin punished him by making him mortal and sending him to Earth, just like in the movie. But the big difference is this... this Stanley was such a genius. But one of the things they left out of the movie was that Donald Blake was a skinny, frail guy who had to walk with a cane, but he was a brilliant surgeon. So he he was a healer as opposed to a warrior. He was saving life instead of taking lives. That was the irony of it. And then he wandered into a cave and found Mjolnir, and then, because he had his memory wiped, and then he remembered, I'm Thor, and then Mjolnir turned into his cane. It was brilliant. I loved it. I, I absolutely love it. So he would, he would walk with the cane, which was actually his hammer, and then he would use that to turn into Thor and then go fight bad guys. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Such a great dynamic there. Anyway, I could talk about that for hours. We need to finish up here. So... This is, if you have any questions or comments about my presentation, here's your chance to pick my brain. Yeah, this is actually just, I put the little caption there for you, but that's Takeshi Yamamoto from Ultraman 80, whose secret identity was a school teacher. If you want to learn more about that, take a, <laughs> check out my Ultraman presentation from yesterday. But what do you got? I know this is a lot. It's a lot. I understand. Yes. Ultraman. Ultraman overall, you may, you may have to twist my arm a little bit to get me to pick a favorite Ultraman. I'm really loving Ultraman Tiga right now. Tiga is, is a great Ultraman show. Because I know you're thinking it. 
at the moment, I haven't seen as much common Rider as I have Ultraman, but currently my favorite common Rider is Black. I love common Rider Black, the show and the character. Oh, yeah, that's why YouTube yelled at me yesterday, because I showed it <laughs> on this pre-recorded live stream, you know. Yes. <laughs> to put it succinctly, it's the most violent tokusatsu I've ever seen. It is bash you over the head with a hammer political, which is a kind of annoying. And but ultimately, in terms of if I just if I take all of that out as a story, I ended up walking away a bit disappointed. And I thought it tried to do some things that just didn't feel quite earned. Like, you get to the last episode and suddenly they recreate the opening of the original Black. Because it's a basically a remake. And they recreate it. Like, I'm like, I'm liking this as a fan of Black. But this feels out of place in this show. It just... It's, Black Sun is weird. It tries to be more like... It basically tries to be a really dark X-Men which I'm not opposed to, but I just, I almost wish it had been a completely different thing and it didn't have the Common Rider name. I think it would have been easier for me to accept if it wasn't called Common Rider. The suits are cool. I will say that. Suits are cool. And, you know, there's some, and there's some interesting ideas in there. Like they make, you know, the, is it both of them? I think it's both of them. Uh, how they would have the, the insect legs and they would tear them off and make them into swords. I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting where they have to injure themselves to get a weapon. Okay, interesting, but it's... Overall, I'm just like, this is a little much. It's a little much. And you really need to understand some things about Japanese culture and politics to fully understand what it's getting at. That I've seen so far, as I've only seen a handful at the moment... I'm currently, for one of my podcasts for the Power Trip, I'm watching Car Ranger, and I'm actually really liking Car Ranger, which is saying something because I did not like Turbo, which which I get into fights with my co-host over that, but I keep telling us, like, you, only, you forgive Turbo for two reasons, nostalgia and corsets. Yeah, I mean, the theme song is good, but the show, good Lord. Oh, good lord. But uh, so out of the ones I've seen, probably Die Ranger. Die Ranger is incredible. I O Ranger came close for a while, but then it got bipolar <laughs> with its tone because of real life reasons. I've only seen clips. I'm not sure what to think of a Keeper Ranger. <laughs> Yeah, unhinged is definitely the way to describe it. I, I'm not sure what to think of a Keeper Ranger right now. <laughs> Keeper Ranger is operating on a whole other level. <laughs> My first question to you would be, what kind of superhero stories do you like? Just all of them? 
that that's really hard. It would just depend on, you know, do you gravitate more toward like team based stuff? So then I would say Super Sentai or Power Rangers would be the place to go if you want to get more into that. If you like more like DC style, mythic, larger than life sort of superheroes, Ultraman's the place to go. If you like a more grounded Marvel approach, generally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> if, if to uh, to your hero, then Common Rider is the place to go. And I would. Well, no, that's just in Black Sun. That's really just Bla it's Black Sun. The re other all the other Common Rider stuff I've seen doesn't get to that level. Yeah, Black Sun is an outlier in that regard. Yeah, but I would say that if you if you would prefer watching newer stuff for Ultraman, I would say start with New Generation Heroes, which would be the first television show in that era would be Ultraman Ginga. That was 2013. If you're cool with looking at 80s stuff, I highly recommend the original Black. I finished that a few months ago. It's incredible. It the, the effects do look a little dated, but the storytelling in it is excellent. And beyond that, I would say, for you mentioned Power Rangers. How how into Power Rangers are you? Just the original. And how far? Just Mighty Morphin. Zio, yeah, I would definitely recommend finishing out at least the the, the original Saban era, which uh, which is Mighty Morphin. Zio, Turbo, In Space. I love In Space. Lost Galaxy is great too. And then you had Lightspeed Rescue and Time Force. Time Force is also top tier Power Rangers for me. So I would at least finish those. After that, it gets a little bit spottier for which ones I would definitely recommend. Uh, Dino Thunder is good. SPD is, again, top tier. RPM is top tier. RPM is from 2009. It takes. It subverts so much. And it the thing that's amazing about RPM is that it's both really dark. Like, it is the darkest Power Ranger show I've ever seen. But it's also humorously self-aware, and it balances those tones masterfully. I can't... I, when I went into it, I was like, I know it's supposed to be both, like I said, funny and really dark. How are we going to do... And it works. I don't know. I don't know what voodoo they did to do it. And if you know about the Sentai they got that from, it's amazing that they got any of it to work because the Sentai is incredibly silly. No, because RPM is great. <laughs> it depends. Uh, it depends. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing on the power trip is we debate, quote unquote, who did it better. And in a couple of cases, because we've gone, we just recorded on O-Ranger, which became Zio. And for me personally, I have been giving the edge to Super Sentai, but in some cases, it's really hard to pick because like Mighty Morphin Season 2 versus Die Ranger. They're practically two different shows. So it's really hard to pick there. The same thing with Kaku Ranger, which became Mighty Morphin Season 3. They're practically two different shows. But, like, Zhu Ranger versus Mighty Morphin Season 1, you can have a debate there. Zhu Ranger is not entirely perfect. It just depends on kind of what you're looking for. I would recommend watching 
if you've seen the, the all three seasons of Mighty Morphin, I would definitely recommend watching Zhu Ranger, Die Ranger, and Cocker Ranger just to see where it all came from. And all three of those shows are distinctly different. And Die Ranger right now is my favorite Sentai that I've seen. But like I said, it's they're really different from Power Rangers. I I ended up giving a slight edge to O Ranger, but barely. If O Ranger had stuck with those banger episodes, like the tone of those banger episodes early on, it would have been no contest. But it got, like I said, it gets bipolar after the first handful of episodes because of real life things. It's a big pie. This whole genre is a big pie to bite into. So it really just depends on what kind of hero stories you like and what era you would prefer. Now, I'm not going to tell you, sit here and tell you that the old stuff is terrible. It's it's not. There's some really good old stuff. Like, if you want to consider black, quote-unquote, old because it's from the 80s, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, there's some stuff from the 70s that it's quaint, but, you know, it's still pretty good, I would say. If nothing else, you should at least watch some of it because without that old stuff, we wouldn't have the new stuff. Like, they set the bar. They created the tropes. You know, think of it as homework if you want. You know, I understand that. I mean, like, the original Kamen Rider's 98 episodes and most of it's Monster of the Week stuff. I get it, but... Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Quote-unquote, yeah. If, uh, well, and uh, I would say out of all of them, the classic Ultraman in terms of production value is better than most of what Toei did back in the 70s, really, 70s and 80s, to be honest. Cause, uh, so I would say give the original Ultraman and Ultra 7, which is from 1967, Give those a watch. The production values are better. They'll still look a bit quaint, but they've aged better by comparison because Toei and the creative team on the original Kamen Rider, they had half the budget. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you like classic Doctor Who, then you should be able to enjoy classic Ultraman. The seven, I will warn you, the, the 60s stuff is pretty good. It's a little bit weird, but in a kind of a cool science fiction-y sort of way. Most 70s Ultraman is a drug-induced, I don't want to say nightmare because it's not bad, but it's drug-induced mania for sure. It's just different flavors of drug-induced mania. <laughs> you know, do, you, do you want crack? Do you want marijuana? Do you want acid? Do you, there's an Ultraman 70s show for you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it technically it's already happened. I just saw it this week, although I had to dig around on the internet to find it. Common Rider and Ultraman. That has happened. It was only about 10 minutes long. It was in 1993. It's a little crazy. It has hardly any story in it. It's basically they both show up and fight monsters. 
and they do cool stuff together. So it, that's already been done. I would like to see that happen again, but I don't know how likely that is. What I think, just, just because I think it would be funny, and I think the only way you could do it would be for Boom Studios to do it, Original Mighty Morphin team, season one. Okay, all six Rangers and Shoe Ranger. <laughs> I don't even necessarily have to have them fight bad guys together. I just want them to be like, what the frick? Why did you steal my costume? And who in the, what are you? <laughs> the American Ranger. Yes, I've seen. That's, the, that's one of the clips I've seen. But that's just a straight-up parody. Like, I want them to actually meet each other. Because <laughs> I think it would, I, I think it would be funny. I, I want Geki and Jason to butt heads because there are these, there are these, these two kind of alpha male Red Rangers who are like, you know. <laughs> and then they can be like, how the heck do you actually know how to use the weapons? We had to train for all of this. What the fuck? <laughs> You're just high schoolers. What the heck? And then like, the craziest one's going to be boys who are like, how did you get into my costume? You're a girl. <laughs> Barai and Tommy, are, they're going to be best friends. And, well, Barai's a little broodier than Tommy was at that point. Tommy might actually give him some much-needed therapy. <laughs> so much-needed encouragement. You could give him a pep talk and it's... Although, but then it'll be some funny, funny things like, wait, your zords are alive? What? They're gods? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then the, 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 the Jew Ranger will be like, you take orders from a giant floating head in a tube? And, they're gonna be, and the and Power Ranger will be like, you take orders from a weirdo wizard guy? <laughs> and then the Jew Ranger will be like, you have a goofy talking robot? He's like, and... You don't have anything? What is, <laughs> you know? Now, I don't know. The, you, the, bad, the bad guys meeting each other wouldn't be all that interesting because the characterizations are not that far off. Other than the fact that Goldar and Scorpion could be like, wait, we're, wait, you guys are married? What? And you had a baby? <laughs> yeah. So I think... Like taking any of the Ranger teams and having them quote unquote cross over with their Sentai counterparts would be amusing. The easiest one to do would be Jute Ranger and Mighty Morphin Season 1, I would say. Good, <laughs> the Go Watchers are, are going to be so out of place because the RPM Rangers are going to be so hardened by the apocalypse. <laughs> you know, that they're going to be like, why are you so happy? Stop it. <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started on our Lord and Savior, Jaden Christ. Oh, my gosh. I hate that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against the actor. I hate that character so much. And how everybody on that show just defers to him. Just stop it. Stop it with the hero worship. Stop it. She's also a ditz. <laughs> oh, you had a question?
Kamen Rider Dragon Knight. Yep. It would be. That would, that would be interesting. I think there's some other ones I think would be interesting. If you really want to get nuts, I'd love to see like an end game style thing where like Ultraman, Sentai, and Rider all cross over. Yeah, where it's but that's all Toei stuff because it's it's Rider, Sentai, and Metal Heroes. I mean, that would be the most ideal. Would just be nuts just to see that. The it would also be kind of amusing because of how similar they are to do like a Super Sentai and Sailor Moon crossover. Because again, they're really similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, they use a lot of the same tropes, but because they're magical girls, for one thing, their transformation sequences go on for days. <laughs> Good Lord. Like, Super Sentai is like, are you guys, even Super Sentai is like, are you guys done? <laughs> You're pre it's pretty and all, but are you done? <laughs> yeah. I just assume that the transform, especially in anime, I just assume the transformation sequences are there for us. That in in universe it's that, because <laughs> otherwise it makes no freaking sense. <laughs> and the, well, we've seen Power Rangers do uh, and Sentai for that matter do that too, where they're just they just go like that. Yeah, like I said, it depends on the show because sometimes it's faster. Ultraman tends to be quicker, although if you watch the Ultraman anime. The new season, one of the characters basically gets a magical girl transformation. <laughs> I took that clip and sent it to my friend Bex, who loves Sailor Moon. I was like, tell me this isn't straight out of Sailor Moon. And she said, yeah, it is. <laughs> season one's pretty good. Season two is terrible. Season three is the best. There you go. That's pretty succinct. I had it was a chore to get through season two. It was only six episodes. Season three, I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, I'll take one more question, and then we should probably start wrapping up because we do. There's another panel here soon. Zerum, that's an interesting question. For those who don't know. Zerum was a pair of movies directed by Keita Amemia, who's a character who's a character designer, and he's worked on a lot of Tokusatsu, most notably Super Sentai and Common Rider. He directed a couple of those Common Rider movies from the early 90s that I hinted at. Zio and Jay. That one's a little hard for me to decide because it for those who don't know, the, these movies are basically about... There's an anime spinoff of it, too, actually. Iria, Zerum the Animation. It's, what it's, called. it's only six episodes. It's basically about a, la a, a lady bounty hunter from space who comes to Earth looking for an incredibly powerful, freaky criminal, I guess would be the way to put it. Yeah, but he also but it also has a little face on it that pops out on a tentacle. It's it's wild. That's just some of what Zerum Zerum is the title character. He's the bad guy. But she does technically transform because she has a power a power armor that she puts on. And she goes through a little bit of a transformation sequence to do it. So it's I don't think they do that in the anime though. It's only in the movies. 
where they do that. So that, I don't know. I would probably say yes, but there might be people who would disagree with me. But even though I say yes, it's barely because it's not as dramatic a change compared to the other ones. But some people would say, in some cases, Iron Man qualifies, depending on what armor he's using. I mean, and I would say that the Netflix Ultraman qualify, but qualifies, but again, the transformation sequence is just putting armor on. So it gets a little fuzzy in some cases. So, and I would definitely put Zaram Iria specifically into that fuzzy category. Does that help? Would you? Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say where. What? Well, how do you feel about? It? Do you think area counts? Borderline. Yeah, like I said, it's it's really close. Anyway, really quick because we got to wrap things up here. So these are all the things re relevant to this subject that I'm involved with. So my main podcast there in the center is the Monster Island Film Vault, which is three parts, film discussion, analysis. I do a lot of research on the history and culture of it all. And one part audio drama, as weird as that sounds. Listen it, listen to it, it'll make sense. And then uh, the, uh, besides that, I mentioned Henshin Men, which is the, an episode-by-episode episode generally discussion of Henshin Hero Television. It's been mostly focused on Common Rider. Co-hosted that with Drew Dodgen, who was my second co-host, and before that was Travis Alexander. And then The Power Trip, which is uh, I co-host with Michael Hamilton. And that's been Power Ranger and Super Sentai focused. And then Kaiju Weekly, it reincarnated itself as a live stream. And it has a rotating roster of panelists who go on there. Happens every Sunday night if you want to watch it live. I'm one of the panelists on there, so I guess I'm one of the hosts of that. It's, I, I get, it's nutty. And then most of these shows are part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. And Kaiju Ramen is a magazine. I mentioned that at the beginning. I... I'm the editor and one of the staff writers on Kaiju Ramen. That it's a it's a fan magazine about all things Tokusatsu by fans for fans, and it's it's high quality stuff, really high quality stuff. If you're if you're familiar with G Fan, yeah, we're like new gen G Fan basically, and we have a broader range of topics compared to G Fan. All right, well. These are all of my sources for uh, for this, most of them anyway, in case you're wondering if you want to learn more about this subject yourself. And like Kuga's telling you there, thanks for coming.